Welcome to Sports Performance Radio, the science of athletic excellence. Welcome everyone to Sports Performance Radio. I am your host, B. Chavez. I'd like to thank everyone for joining me again this month. Um, for those of you that do listen to this show in a serial fashion, you'll know that uh, on the last Sports Performance Radio Extra, I promised that today's show would be the incomparable Will Brink. And uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to renege on that. Um, despite being an evil genius, apparently my genius doesn't always include technology. And uh, despite having a very wonderful conversation and dialogue with Mr. Brink, the recording of that dialogue was complete crap and completely unusable. So I am unable, at least temporarily, to bring you that uh, that show that I promised. And in its place is, uh, to be truthful, the show that I probably should have put in, put in this slot uh, simply due to... Uh, Chronology, and now this show will be uh, the Arnold Classic, the 2016 Arnold Classic wrap-up show. Um, and yes, I can hear a few of you back there grumbling. Uh, I did not attend the 2016 Arnold Classic. I chose to stay home, uh, spend some time with my family, and uh, save that travel funds for a family vacation. Um, that was a, a very conscious choice, partly motivated by the fact that I'm just very burned out on Arnold Classics, and partly because just by quirk, none of my athletes in my stable were competing, uh, very specifically competing at the Arnold Classic. Uh, a number of my athletes did go and attend, but none were specifically competing, none specifically needed my attendance or help. So I was kind of relieved of that due date, and uh, between that and just the general, as I said, burnoutedness, I chose to opt out of the Arnold Classic. However, a number of good friends of mine did, in fact, go and offered to share some of their Arnold Classic 2016 experiences here. So what we've got is kind of an absentee Arnold Classic wrap-up. Uh, we're going to hear from Michael A. Johnston, my former co-host from the RX show. And uh, this is also Michael's first appearance on my show, so it's kind of special, kind of memorable. Uh, we're going to hear from someone new to the show, and that's Mr. Matt Vincent. Those of you that are not familiar with Matt really need to be. Excellent guy, does a great uh, job describing his his adventures, and uh, just, just a great guy, great product products he has, and a uh, great stable of material, and m most importantly, he's a thrower, and I, I all of you know I have a soft spot for throwers, so... Matt, really good guy. I was really excited to hear from him. And uh, lastly, a uh, good friend to this show, Mr. Andrew Triana. So we've got three completely different uh, people with three completely different perspectives, and they're going to all weigh in on, you know, just their general Arnold Classic experience, the macabre, that sort of thing. So that's the show we're going to hear today, and uh, I will put myself to work on <laughs> rectifying the will break issues and hopefully bringing you that show as soon as possible. So until then, enjoy some info on the 2016 Arnold Classic. This is Sports Performance Radio. All right, folks. Here we are with good friend of Sports Performance Radio, Mr. Michael A. Johnston. Mike is going to tell us a little bit about his Arnold Classic 2016 adventures. Mike, how are you? What's going on, buddy? 
I was doing good stuff, and I don't know if I can tell at all, but, uh, you know, a lot of debauchery, a lot of, uh, a lot of behind the scenes at the Arnold, but it's a good time, it's always a good time, um, as long as you can avoid the crowds and all the protein farts, I think you're pretty good. Yeah, everyone I've talked to said that the crowds were pretty extraordinary, pretty, uh, pretty difficult. It gets bigger and bigger. Even though the venue is spreading out, like the powerlifting, like you saw last year, is in a completely different area. Um, I understand that the kids' area was even bigger this year than it was. So the kids' area actually looks like the Arnold proper, like the proper expo. Um, but it's just all kids' stuff. So, yeah, even though it's spreading out, more and more people are coming to it. There's definitely a lot more interest. Um, I saw uh, your buddy Nick. Uh, our, our pharmacy friend? Yes, Dr. Nick Saranis. That's right, he was hanging out down at the, uh, down at the XPC a couple days, watching some of the lifting. Um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty exciting. Uh, the XPC was, the, the Arnold Pro Show, obviously pretty interesting. A couple of, uh, crazy deadlift, um, records being set, uh, if you call it a record, because of the hitch and because of the, uh, because of the strap use, I don't know. You know, it's a strongman deadlift record, I guess. Um, that's, that's exactly how I categorize it. It's now its own yeah. thing. It's a strongman deadlift, and that's a legitimate yeah. thing. It's a thing, sure. Well, yeah, but they say, like, though, Brian, Brian, uh, uh, not Brian, um, Jerry Fish is the first American to pull over a thousand pounds, and of course, Brian Shaw pulled more than him, but again, the, the second American hit a thousand. But it just goes back to the, you know, a deadlift is a deadlift is a deadlift. Not really. If you're using straps, if you got some crazy bar, um, the bar was normal length, but the bar ends were longer because for a visual, you know, a, a thousand pounds is awesome. You and I understand a thousand pounds. But if you put hundreds on it, it's not very big. I mean, it's still big. It's still a thousand pounds. But if you have a hundred pound plates, you know, you have four on each side and some some change, um, but if you have forty fives all the way out to a thousand pounds, I mean it's just it's staggering as far as the visual appearance, you know. So they had to specially make the bar to to do that. It changes the physics of the pull. You I know what I mean? There's, I watched I watched the pull, and some of the bar dynamics were were downright awkward, downright awful. I thought. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it is what it is. It's the Arnold, and they want to be bigger and bigger and better and better. And, uh, and by, so by the way, not, not to be a smartass, but I did call Eddie Hall to win that. I did. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is, and Brian Shaw could have blown Eddie off the stage. But Brian's not going for the win in one event. Brian's going for the overall win. You know, Eddie Hall's got one thing that he can do, and he's done, you know what I mean? And he ended up, he ended up getting hurt when he hurt his, uh, his tricep or his trap. Um, you know, he pulled, he pulled something and he, you know, kind of, he bailed out after a while. Uh, I, I think he still finished ninth though. Like yeah, the guy I, from like, last year's, the guy from last year's Strongman Corporation was like a dead last. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the thing about that. Um, and I'll say this briefly again, no love lost there with Dion and, and her, uh, Molly crew. The guy that won the amateur Arnold Strongman Strongman Corporation's version of that, um, I won't say NAS or United or uh, Big Part or American Strongman because it was a lot better then. But the current, um, you know, the current uh, brand, he's 
now is a heavyweight pro, and if he so chooses, he gets to go on and compete on the Arnold Big Stage next year. 230-pound guy. Either A, there's a serious drought of heavyweight athletes, or the events at that particular event, knowing that you're giving away a spot at the Arnold proper, are too light. And they're not challenging enough, so you're not going to pair out the best athlete to compete on that big stage. Well, I, I think your premise is right on both counts. I think there is a bit of a drought in the heavyweight scene, and I think the events are incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. So, you know, in that, you know, in that regard, if I was that kid, I mean, 230 pounds, he's a good, he's a good athlete. He's a strong kid. He won, um, I want to say he won, uh, the middleweight championship last year, whatever their weight classifications, I don't even know anymore, but he won last year, you know, so he's, he's definitely a top level guy. Um, you know, but is he a guy that comes up and wins the whole thing? I don't know, you know. Now he's a heavyweight pro at 230. He might be 250 pounds. A lot of times, 230 pounders, you know, that compete at 105 Ks, uh, you know, they walk around at 250, 255, you know, so he might, you know, I mean, he'd have to put on 300 pounds, I mean, and just uh, move up that way. I'm not sure how tall he is. I want to say he's 5'11". He might even be six foot. So maybe he's got the frame to pack that weight on, but I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, you know that's something you probably don't know until you try. So that's right. That, that's in right. In that regard, in that regard, is probably very much an unknown. But I I do agree with you. They they should try to create the the engine of creation should be geared a little more appropriately to the. Uh, finished product. I, I do I do very much agree with you. <clears throat> yeah. So you know, the jurist continues to defy you know the clock. <laughs> Everything really. Um he was beat up though. I mean he looks you know he was you know he was crisp enough to win uh and, and Shaw had himself a little mess up but um you know as big and as strong as Brian Shaw looked for the jurist to make a comeback like that's pretty pretty incredible. Um, you know, they talked about Brian had pulled his hamstring and that kind of thing. But then, you know, he bends over and easily loads a 550-pound stone like it was a fucking pebble, you know. He was bending over and he looked like he was picking up a cigarette butt, you know. And, and, but they were saying, oh, he's, he's got, they were, you know, but they were hyping it. Oh, he's got to pull his hamstring and really been able to do it, you know. And, and of course, he just picks it up and throws it over. <laughs> Far be it for me to downplay anyone's, you know, anyone's ability. An enormous amount of Shaw's stone loading ability is just fucking geometry. He's a gigantic oh. human being. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question about it. I mean, gamesmanship or not, he's just he's enormous. He's got an incredible wingspan. He's got a tremendous amount of weight behind him. I mean, that's, I mean, that's over his body weight, but but just barely. You know what right, I mean? Right, exactly. It's, um, it's not one of the times his tail to... weight. Right. No, no, not even close. I mean, center of mass wise, that doesn't even really affect him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, song that was cool. Powerlifting was interesting. Um, there was a big, there was a, there was a couple of huge single ply, or at least one guy single ply wise, drug free, of course, Chavez, wink, wink, um, that hit some incredible numbers. Um, the one thing that struck me, though, in the juxtaposition of USAPL and then, of course, XTC, USAPL valued the fact that they had the first woman squat 600 pounds raw or over 600, maybe it was just 600 pounds. And she did. She had knee sleeves, 
She unracked it. She walked it out, sat it down, and she stood back up with it. It was pretty impressive. You know, for anyone's standard. I, I feel I'd be happy to uh, squat 600 pounds with these things that deep myself. But she outweighs me by 100 pounds plus. Big, robust female. Yeah, it was like a, she, I think she had a weigh-in weigh like 340 or something. I, I, I know precisely what you're talking about. Exactly. So the fact that they are, you know, we, we have a single ply guy who's drug-free, quote-unquote, that squatted this tremendous amount of weight, you know, and he had this huge total. Um, and then we have this other drug-free woman that, you know, she squatted 600 pounds. That's amazing. But drug-free, come on, she's on statin medication because of, uh, you know, because of her uh, her cholesterol. She's going to be on high blood pressure medication. She's definitely going to have some diabetes medication. I mean, what is, what is it that you are trying to, what is the picture you're trying to draw? That, and that's that's my question because HPC had a woman that squatted six ten deep raw. She had knee wraps on, so and then you can't. And that's the other thing too. You can't call it raw with the HPC. It has to be classic powerlifting because the term raw is owned by USAPL. And if anybody else says raw, USAPL gets their panties in a bunch. So I was calling it sushi lifting and steak tartare and the uncooked meat division at the XPC, you know, with the with the uh, no gear and just the knee wraps. Um, but this girl squatted uh, 6'10 at a body weight of 198. So to me, I'm casting no dispersions on anybody's use of anything, eating habits or whatever, but the 198 or hitting 6'10 raw, unequipped, is more impressive to me than the 340 hitting it, you know? Um, well, but I guess a triple body weight raw squat, a triple body weight unsuited squat is staggering, and most men can't fucking do it. So yeah, I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so not to take away anything against that big girl that hit that 600, because she's a fucking beast. Yeah. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Chavez, if she tells you to fucking get her a sandwich, you better hop to it, or she'll squash your ass. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm still fixated on the 198 or squat and 600 because I, you know, that's that's, that's kind of that's kind of where I pigeonhole myself right there. You right? <laughs> <laughs> you wear a little you wear a little bow tie and a cover button, nothing else, and bring her a sandwich. I bet. Oh, are you kidding me? On a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I won't I won't even elaborate because I'll just <laughs> I'll just have a meltdown right here. That's what I'm talking about. A meltdown on live recorded radio. Good stuff. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, back to the SBC, just a, a brief moment. The coolest thing, there was some big squatting. Um, the judging was definitely stricter. I know, and I know behind the scenes that Danny Dagg is, um, he is working on getting judges from other federations so they can, here's the problem. <clears throat> here's here's the, the challenge that Danny faces. Danny Day has the right idea. Number one, Danny Day gave away 15 grand for powerlifting, and nobody else is doing that. So let's just fucking put that to bed. He is definitely trying. He gave away 15 grand over this week, over that weekend. Um, but he is searching for judges that will come in as guest judges that will judge straight, toe the line. They have nothing invested in the XPC. They have no iron in the fire. They're just there to judge. They're certified. They're quality judges. The difficulty that he runs into 
is everybody's so politically motivated. They want to see something that's not what they're doing fail. You know what I mean? So he will have a hard time finding an objective judge. You know what I mean? Someone that could potentially come in and honestly judge the event without an agenda. Um, but but definitely behind the scenes, I know that's what he's working toward. You know what I mean? I, I, I absolutely understand you, and this is a topic that we should probably <clears throat> tackle in a show unto itself. But I personally have come to the conclusion that um, everyone's going about it the wrong way. I think the only way to conquer that is pure proprietaryism. I think Danny needs to reach in his wallet and pay to educate a handful of people and then pay them to be objective. Just say, when you put this fucking XPC shirt on, this is what you do this way. And just pay them yeah. to do that. And then, you know, make them bear the burden of the consequences. Well, and, you know, and I, I don't think that that's a bad idea. I know that he takes care of all of his people. I know no, that no, for no, a fact. I, didn't I, mean, mean, not, I didn't mean not, it as if. No, no. And I, I, just yeah, mean that I, know, I know what you're saying. I think the only way to get the product you want is to just blatantly pay for it. Right. I, I yeah. really believe that we're in a world where that's the only solution. This looking for the better nature of man and trying to get everybody to come together and kumbaya, that's not going to fucking work. No, no, nobody's that good anymore. No. It's, yeah. You know, for, for money, I mean, I'll we're, step we're, up my game. For good nature, fuck off. Yeah, we're definitely, I guess, in a world of, uh, you know, where it's, it's, it's a money thing. But, you know, I got to be honest, the, the um, it, it was a good show. And the cool part next year, well, I'll go ahead and say this. I, I know that uh, it's been promoted um, lightly. And I know that more big promotion will come out. But next year on the big stage um, for the XPC, yours truly, of course, uh, on the microphone, um, will be the 21 Deadlift Salute. So there'll be three platforms, seven athletes on each platform, seven open women, seven lightweight men, 220 and down, seven heavyweight, 221 or whatever the cutoff is, and up. Uh, biggest pull wins. Each person will get three three pulls, and, and is going to be giving away $1,500 to each winner. Um, wow. No body weight, no, just, I mean, the body weight the categories that I already mentioned. Right, but just no coefficient. Bend over and pick it up. Yeah, it's going to be fucking badass on that stage with that. And... Danny has graciously um, uh, allotted uh, United States Strongman three spots, one in each category. Wow. Um, so we'll be holding, yep, but uh, it's kind of funny, of course, the Internet idiots are always out there. But um, So I make this announcement, hey, we've got an opportunity for all these big pullers, because there's always big pullers and strongmen. I mean, we already talked about it. Um, sure. You'll have to follow these rules, obviously, no straps, no hitch, but you can wear whatever gear you want, and on the day of the competition, if you want to pull sumo, you can, because that's a XPC deal. It's a powerlifting rule. Um, but uh, we're going to send three people, and uh, somebody was already, you know, somebody was already complaining about it. I was like, look, it was, it was a woman, and I kind of privately messaged her, and I said, if you're not pulling 500, don't even bother, because the women that are going to be up there are going to be 500 pullers. That's what we're looking to see up there, 500, 700, and 800, uh, respectively, in the categories. Um, that You have to hit that mark to even get to the stage. So we'll be holding some qualifiers. It'll be really exciting. That is, and I, I, I love the cross promotion concept. That's yeah, um, probably one of the one of the saving potential saving graces of our sport is, is to begin cross promoting into other sports that have greater followings. Hey, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't because you know 
I'm always a fan of powerlifting. Powerlifters are always a fan of strongman. And, you know, a lot of us older strongmen have powerlifting backgrounds. So, you know, of course, it's, it's, it's one and the same. Uh, well, outside of the, uh, outside of the SPC, oh, actually, I need to ask because I, I just feel compelled because we all know I'm a dick. Did, uh, did, did Gene Rishlack, uh, up his wardrobe component? Did he, did he fucking step he up did. the game? He's Gene, little? Gene was, Gene was dressed up, looking good, <laughs> looking sharp. <laughs> oh, I wonder if I need to take a little credit for that or if that's just uh, dumb luck. It's <laughs> <sighs> probably, it's all you, Chavez. Uh, it all is. You. Yeah, I'm sure that it is. It, it, you know, that's my contribution to the world. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's one thing that I will say, um, and I have to let you go. Uh, it's back to powerlifting. Um, but there's still an element of gamesmanship to be had. Absolutely. And I saw it firsthand. Um, it was in the uh, 275 class, I guess it was. Um, the heavyweights, whatever. Uh, 242s, they were over 242, so I guess we'll call it 275. But it was um, Brian Carroll, who's been around for a while. He's a veteran. Um, Matt Manuth, who is a new guy. But he's, a, he's in his 30s, but he's kind of new to the on the scene. Chris Delafive, who's been hanging around for a few years, he used to be a uh, – he's a Brian Carroll product. He's training on his own now. But Matt Manuth and Brian Carroll had this huge battle last year and it came down to the last deadlift. Well, this year, Manuth put it out of reach. Um, at fucking 230 pounds, he benched like 870. He squatted a G. He pulled a good number. I mean, he was untouchable. Um so Brian nor Delafave were even close when it came to second place. They could not get the first. So the battle came down to second place, where XPC had cash for first and second place. Delafave going into the deadlift, into the first pull, put himself ahead of Brian Carroll on the first pull. Brian Carroll went up there and pulled a modest pull, got one in, he's in the meet. So now it's up to the second pull. Delafave, Brian ticks first because Delafave is a huge deadlifter. Brian puts his number in. Delafave puts his number in. Brian looks at Delafave's number and says he probably can get it and realizes, because you can't change your second attempt, realizes that if he pulls this weight, he can't beat Delafave if Delafave hits his second attempt. So Brian can't do anything. So instead of wasting his energy on a second attempt, he goes up to the platform. This is beautiful. He bends down to pull, he gets ready, and just as he starts to pull, he falls down screaming, grabbing his hamstring. The crowd's like, oh, and his people rush to the stage, and they cart him off, and they, we clap, oh, good job, what a hell of a performance, you know, and everybody thinks, well, Delafave's got it, because Brian's out, and uh, Delafave gets up there and crushes his second deadlift, but he struggles with it. It was a big pull, but he worked at it. So Delafave, thinking, younger lifter, Brian's done, he posts his next deadlift going for a big, big PR. And Brian sits back, nursing his hamstring, ostensibly, waits, and at the last minute, he rushes up and says, no, I'm, I can do it, I can make it. Goes five pounds heavier than the lift that he just tore his hamstring on, because he knows that that five pounds heavier will beat Delafave's second, provided Delafave doesn't get a third. Now remember, Brian has watched Delafave. Delafave thinks Brian's out. He can't change his third number going down. So Brian outfoxed him. Brian gets up there and easily, no hamstring injury, pulls his third like nothing, like butter, smiles at the crowd, sets it down, 
Delafob misses his third, Brian gets second place. It was classic. It was a bait and switch. I mean, he totally tricked the kid, you know? Completely it was within just, the bounds of the rules. Intellect, <laughs> intellect yep. wins every time. That's right, buddy. You know what I mean? That's, that's you know, golden, kid, though. That's, and uh, honestly, that's like, uh, that's very reminiscent of the stories of the uh, Larry Pacifico, John Cole era. That's the kind of stuff yep. that went on that, that made powerlifting so engaging. Yeah. And, and everybody was like, oh, 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 like that's gamesmanship. You can't blame Carol for that. What you can blame, blame is Delafar. Blame him. You should send said, him a check. It's golden. I know. And, <laughs> and, and he got second place, so he got a check. <laughs> Everybody in that crowd got a lesson. They had a lesson. They, yeah. should send him a, they should send him a dollar for that lesson. That was that's that's useful right. information. It was gamesmanship, and that's exactly what it was. He knew the numbers. He knew what he had to get. It was a gamble. I mean, if, if it's, a, it's a moot point if Delafar comes out and crushes his third. But Brian took a gamble, you know. He, he tricked it. He lulled the kid into a false sense of security. So he's like, you know, fuck, let me go. Because now let's say Delta 5 had gone on five more pounds. He'd have won. You know, if he'd have taken a 10-pound jump on his third attempt and got it, there's nothing Brian could have done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But, but that wasn't the way it went. It wasn't the way it went down. So it was, it was pretty crafty. I, I actually, I, I took, I liked it. You know, I, I liked the, uh, you know, there were some people behind the scenes, oh, he's a cheat and stuff. I was like, no, he's not. He didn't cheat. There was nothing he did that was a cheat. There was nothing. Re- reflect on the rule book, brother. <laughs> yeah, look at the rule book. There was no cheat there. You know, nothing awesome. says that you can't fake an injury. Maybe he really did. But let's. I don't want to doubt his veracity. Maybe he did really pull his hamstring. Yeah, or a momentary <laughs> cramp thought it was a pull. It could be yeah. anything. There's the possibilities are endless. Could have been a sharp fart. Who knows? Well, anyway. I mean, you know, look at the you know the USAPL is you know drug testing the crowd obviously instead of the athletes. I mean, so what you know, what the hell is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chavez, you're a funny guy. Hey, yeah. I gotta go. Happy. Uh, and uh, hey, I'm excited. This is my first time on your radio program. You know what it is, and it's not the, it's not the iteration I envisioned as your first go, but I appreciate it, and it's uh, it's good material. It's going to put together a great show. Well, it's fitting too because our last program was uh, was the Arnold Classic weekend wrap up. So it was. It was. It was. Okay. There is a certain yep. synchronicity at work there. There it is. Mike, so. speaking of work, I know you're on your way to work, so go to work. Make make All those right. veterans healthy and happy, and uh, kind of put the world back together. And I'll do what I do, and we'll talk again soon, my friend. All right. Take care, Chavez. Thank you. See you. All right, everybody, and yet another. Arnold Goer, in my absence, we have on the phone Mr. Matt Vincent, the spreader of hate, in a good way. <laughs> Matt, how are you? Um, excellent, excellent, man. Just uh, driving around in hot-ass Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, I don't know. Is that better or worse than Columbus, Ohio? It's better. <laughs> it's better? Okay, fair enough. Matt, tell us a little bit about your... Columbus isn't my favorite place. The Arnold's great fun. The Arnold is great fun, and I agree. Columbus is not my favorite town, but there is good eating in that town, so I I do like that. Oh, no doubt about it. I missed out on the good eats, and my favorite coffee shop is also in Columbus, Ohio, so... Oh, man. Yeah, in the the North Market, right right behind the... Right Right over there, right by the convention center, next shift. Yeah, yeah, really, really great little place. I'll shoot you the the name when I think of it, but... uh. Give us give us a little uh give us a little little skinny on your Arnold experience. 
Well, this is this is my second year going and uh, occupying a booth for someone. Uh, last year I was there with Mark with a slingshot, and then this year I was there with uh, Christy McCagney and her uh, donuts and deadlifts. And oh, uh, it was it was insane. It was uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to have some friends who were interested to have me there be part of their booth and help them sling some merch, and um, that's what I did. And we stayed really, really busily busy for uh, all three days of the expo and the insanity that ensues. Uh, it's great, you know. The best part about the Arnold for me is, you know, I, I've been really fortunate enough to kind of get to know a lot of people in the strength industry, fitness industry, and this is the kind of one time a year everyone's under one roof. And so I, I being able to in the same weekend get to see Mark Bell and get to see Silent Mike and those guys or see Chad Smith, Juggernaut, or any of the folks and friends I've made through YouTube, like Meg Squats, or any number of these other people all show up under one place. And it's it's great. It's a great place to catch up. It's a great place to cut up. Uh, you know, I get lucky enough every year I'm in for the Arnold. I get to go have dinner and some drinks and talk some shit with Windler. And it, it's, it's a great weekend. However, very exhausting, but a, a fantastic weekend. I, I find it almost overwhelming, but I agree with you in every way. I, I do. Yeah, it's, you know, the Arnold is – look, the Arnold is what you're going to make of it, right? And if you want to be a guy that stands in line to shake hands with some 175-pound dude painted brown with abs, then that's your thing, it's there. And if you want to walk around and hang out, that's there too. And it's like, it's all the things that I love about strength and fitness, and it's all of the things I despise about strength and fitness all crammed under one spot, but to each their own, you know, I mean, we need all sides of it. And at the end of the day, we all do share a passion for training and, and lifting. And uh, whether that's for performance or for aesthetics, that's, you know, that's your thing. I, uh, I actually couldn't agree more. I, I agree entirely. And uh, uh, I, you know, as you know, I took this year off, stayed home, spent some time with my family. And I have to say, I really enjoyed that, but a big piece of me does miss it. And uh, not being able to be there and see Mikey J and you and everybody else—it um, it hurts a little bit. But uh, I'm excited well, that people. I'm excited that people like you went and did the good thing and put up, put on the good fight, and uh, <laughs> spread a little hate. Hey, spread a little hate. That's it. Spread a little um, hate. Always, always there for a party. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's good. Yeah, you know, we got we got into a little mischief one night, and other than that, nothing. Nothing to uh, nurse to hang over really bad one day at the booth. <laughs> it could be the world's worst environment to be hung over in. It's very, that is, in fact, very possible, very possible. Unfortunately, I got a lot of reports. A lot of people came home with the flu, so hopefully you dodged oh, that. Oh, no, no, I'm good to go. I think I, I think I drank it out of my system that one night. Oh, uh, excellent, excellent. Well, I hope that you uh, post a lot of Arnold videos in the coming weeks. I hope that we yeah, get them all marketing here. Yeah, I think I've just yeah. yeah, I think I've just about got all my Arnold videos up and on the YouTube channel already. Well, outstanding. Um, just because you've not been on my show before, let's definitely tell everybody about that. That's Matt Vincent Net and uh, what is that, hate.com? Yeah, the hate.com. So uh, the H-V-I-I-I.com, like the Roman numeral eight. That would be it. And uh, YouTube, I think my username is uh, mvincent4130. Since I have a common name, I've been really fortunate that all of my social media things have to have a different name, and I can't go back and change them now. Yeah, so I, I ran into that early to follow on. Me, yeah, the best place to follow me is going to be Instagram. It's just I hate that. Thing. 
Excellent. Well, I uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you doing the little absentee Arnold show for me. And uh, I'll do everything I can to promote you and your videos and your very excellent website and channel and your products. And uh, hopefully we can talk again in the future about some, some some bread and butter, some training science, some good shit. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. I'm looking forward to it. Got new stuff coming out all the time. And, uh, you know, just trying to stay busy as possible, Make, making a hell of a run out of this topic. You know, that's what it's all about. And uh, I really, really like it when I see people like you doing the good thing, putting up the good fight, and, and winning a little bit. It, 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 makes me, yeah. it makes me feel like we can actually do this. Sure. No, it's good. It's, it's, uh, I feel like I'm doing all right for a, a guy who competes in a sport no one knows, and he's uh, a moderately short, fat white dude. So it's all it's all worked out pretty good for me. <laughs> Excellent, Matt. I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I hope we talk again in the future. And uh, from here, thank you. And uh, we'll tune into the YouTube and uh, and see about your Arnold. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Excellent. All right, folks, here we are with yet another 2016 Arnold Classic Sports Festival goer. Someone who went in my, uh, perhaps in, in my place, uh, not that he would have gone in himself, but who we're talking about is good friend to sports performance radio, two-time show holder, and uh, honestly, one of my favorite guys to talk shop with, Mr. Andrew Triana. Andrew, how are you, buddy? Hey, B, glad to be back on the show. I'm doing great. We're glad to have you. We are always glad to have you. Tell, tell us about your Arnold Classic uh, adventures and shenanigans. So uh, I'm going to kind of go in reverse order of importance here. So uh, as always, the Arnold is famous for the fitness models, and me and all my warped friends take advantage of this and go, you know, make some jokes and have some fun with them. And uh, so there's that. And then uh, in the North Market, just outside of the Arnold, you have to stop by the small corner store in the North Market. I can't remember the name, but they sell wild boar and duck goulash. And I ate this for lunch every single day of the Arnold. It's absolutely amazing. You get like almost two pounds of food. My favorite coffee shop in Ohio resides in the North Market. Oh, is that Stouse? As a matter of fact, it is. Yeah, great coffee shop. But uh, I can't remember the name of this place, but it sticks out. It's wild boar and duck goulash. And that's, like, their main dish. It's, like, the greatest thing you can eat in there. Yeah, it doesn't and then, uh, go wrong with that. Seriously, it's great. Two pounds of food for, like, $10. So uh, that kind of takes care of, like, the little things. Some of the more fun things that happened were at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning, Ken Nowicki, Nick Hadge, Tyler Blank, and uh, Eric Dawson and I all made a trip to Beyond Limits training in Columbus, Ohio for a deadlift session, which was a blast. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Beyond Limits, but I think it's probably the best place to go train strongman or powerlifting within a five, ten-minute drive of uh, the convention center Arnold weekend, and it's never too, too packed. Wow, so, that's uh, good stuff. And that's, yeah, quite a, really, that's quite a crowd you got there. That's that's uh, that's probably a traveling circus in and of itself. Yeah, and uh, we carpooled, which is even better. But it was actually a great – we all had a great training session regardless of uh, the drives that we all made and how early it was, just because there was great energy between all of us. We all clicked really well when we started touching weights, and uh, the session just kind of flew by. It was great. So uh, the two biggest events of the weekend are the world record breakers and obviously Zach, one of my best friends, uh, winning the heavyweight amateurs. The world record breakers, uh, Nick and I, 
had a really unique view for it because we were backstage as the amateurs were uh, starting to phase in to the Arnold. And we kind of just uh, grabbed the corner and we had a perfect vantage point of Big Z and Brian Shaw performing and their entire warm-up leading up to the world record breakers. It was wow. really, really unique. So first we saw Brian go. Or no, for, excuse me. First we saw uh, Z go. And we were watching him warm up on the same log that we had at Lightning Fitness. So I knew exactly what was on the log the whole time. And it was just truly amazing to see what someone at his age, I believe he's 40s or 40, lifting the weight he is with the frequency he is because he had just won the Arnold and they had all, Brian as well, gone through three or four days of competing. And now on this final day, they're maxing out to break whatever world records they may be. So it was truly a uh, an aura of, like, professionalism, but as well as intensity backstage. It was really amazing. Big Z went out and missed his own world record of 508 log. But, I mean, he got it pretty close. He just didn't have the leg drive to finish the lift. You could tell that he wasn't ecstatic with how his warm-ups going, but he gave it great attempts. So, I mean, that's all you could ask for from someone who just won the Arnold and previously hit 451 for four reps, like, the day before. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, there's two, keep in mind, there's two pressing events in the Arnold, so it's not like, yeah, he, already. Not like he was fresh. That's not... Uh, so this was his third pressing event. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Exactly. So even attempt, and yet, honestly, pretty close to his own previous world record, I think it's amazing. So it was just, as an amateur, it's just awesome to see what the flip side of the coin's like, to see what the truly tried and true best in the world do. Uh, we saw the same thing. Brian was warming up for his stones, smoked all of his warm-ups. He was on great energy. He was a little anxious. as like there was seemed to be an issue with tacky warming up and stuff. But honestly, he like the whole time, there was not a question in my mind he was going to get the stone. And he walked out there, and as you guys all know, he smoked it. But... um just another great opportunity to really see how the best in the world prepare for lifts. Like, you could, there's a clear difference between the two. I'm not saying the difference is because Z missed. I'm saying the difference in their personalities and how they got ready for their lifts uh, was truly uh, a learning experience. Individual then, athlete psychology is amazing, isn't it? It really, it truly is because, like, the Arnold warm-up room in and of itself is hectic. So they literally have tarp covering a dock that all the trucks come into, and that was their warm-up room. So it was cold. I mean, obviously, Big Z and Brian Shaw had plenty of room within the, their own area to warm up, but even that was cluttered with people or people coming in and out, weights, random objects that should be going on stage that aren't yet, like stuff like that. So it wasn't exactly a perfect environment for them to get ready either. Um, don't want to don't want to push you too far off point, but just imagine if Eddie Hall had st- still been part of the mix. Imagine the difference in psyche yet. Like, well, because honestly, there it would have been way crazier because there really wasn't any more room for a third person to be warming up for a, a world record because uh, Big Z kind of occupied the back space, and then since Brian was lifting a stone, he had a space all to his own. And, Really, the only space left was for walking, because if you've been backstage, it's not a huge area. No, Total square a... footage can't be much over, like, one or 2,000, so in the warm-up area for all of these people. So it would have been a truly uh, unique experience to see the three of them warming up. And then, uh, finally, Zach winning the heavyweight amateur. I mean, uh, all weekend, there was no talk of really winning or placement at all between, like, 
our close-knit team and Zach. It was just keeping the vibes up and just, like, go out there and do the best you can. Don't let anything, like, leave anything. No stone unturned, literally. So Zach went out there. To see him lift the stone was amazing just because he was going last. So many people had zeroed before it, and he just really attacked it with, like, it looked like everyone before him had gotten 10 reps, and he went out there to get 11. It was it was a really special energy when Zach stepped on the stage. And once I saw him step on stage with that energy, having trained with Zach for so long, I knew he wasn't going to miss it. Because Zach's always the kid to do the impossible when you think it's possible. Somehow, he just pulls it out every time. He's just that kid. So um, that was truly special as well to see, not just as a coach, but, I mean, Zach and Nick are really my best friends. Like, So that's a really emotional experience for me as well. And it was just um, overall between the world record breakers and Zach, uh, I really learned a lot about how it's not necessarily how strong you are. It's the environment you put yourself in prior to your lift because you can be the best athlete in the world and not win. And uh, we saw some upsets in the amateurs that reflect that. So, I mean, the Arnold's a learning experience for everyone. This is my fourth year in a row going, and this was probably the best one. So um, it's really a special experience. Well, in, in light of that very very remark, that leads me perfectly into the next question is, since you've been there four times, what uh, what's your impression generally on the trend? Is it bigger? Is it smaller? Is it fuller? Is it less attended? Is it better? You know, what, what, just give me a, 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 a general feel on your direction of the macabre. Absolutely. So um, I'll talk about the booths first, I guess, because that's what everyone kind of likes to dabble into. The free samples have been dwindling every single year. Like this year, I barely even bothered with it. Um, My freshman year, which is my first year going, I had probably enough free samples for six to seven months of any supplement I wanted. People would really throw stuff at you that you couldn't hold on to enough. And then since then, it's probably been cut to like a quarter of that. So if you're looking to go to the Arnold just for free samples, you kind of miss the boat. Um, the booths actually are getting better each year, in my opinion. It's pretty much still the same supplements and uh, brands, everything, every year, all the major ones you'd imagine. But what they're putting on in each booth is uh, getting a little more expensive, a little more well done, more TVs, more huge setups, uh, more interactive stuff. And I'm not 100% sure if it's just me lacking the patience to deal with people, but it definitely seems like it's getting more popular. I swear to God, this year I was going to have a meltdown at one point in the middle of the Arnold because of how many people there were. So uh, it's definitely getting bigger every year. I think Amateur Strongman is growing the fastest, honestly. No bias there out of everything at the Arnold. Because I remember my freshman year, you could walk to Amateur Strongman at any point in time and get a front row seat with no problem. This year, I walked away to go to the bathroom, and it was, like, kind of difficult for me to even get back to a point where I could see. I mean, I am 5'6", so that doesn't help me too much. But still, I'm right, strong man. Go ahead, and you have on me. Go ahead. That's fine. I, I'm good with that. It's okay. On My show, show and everything. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> but um, amateur strongman is definitely blown up. And even uh, as many as the foreign and American competitors are competing, I remember four years ago, it seemed to be half of what it is now, even if it might not have been. Um, But that's where I've seen the Arnold going. It's definitely getting a little more commercialized. Security is getting much tighter, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, This was the first year I can really remember where there was, like, security guards everywhere I looked. That's cool. That's that's good stuff. I definitely agree with you. The the strong man in general is getting a much bigger 
pushed to the public. I don't know if it's actually more popular in headcount, but it seems to be um, better delivered to the public. Absolutely. And uh, I also... And, and I wasn't there, but I'm getting a lot of reports. And, you know, I know a lot of people. Matt Vincent actually just called in and did a little piece like you're doing. Um, it seems like maybe there was a little – getting a little bit more niche you know, the, like the ladies lift here and Matt Vincent's hate. And it seems like maybe there's a little bit more of a like a niche kind of uh, – kind of what I call a coffee shop feel. Like every time uh, you're around a corner, there's something you're like, ooh, I'm glad I found that. No, Absolutely. Uh, I try to kind of stay away from that a little bit just because I just try to, like, stay with my own team. I had six athletes myself competing, wow. so I didn't really have much time to stray from amateur strongman. But uh, I definitely noticed that as well. There are a lot more, um, like, Instagram famous uh, booths popping up. And, like, I saw a lot of people traveling in groups as usual, which just seemed to be a little more plentiful this year. So I can definitely agree with that. That's very cool. Well, that is – Great stuff. I appreciate the call. Uh, you know, the kind of the Arnold wrap-up is the kind of the uh, the marquee iconic show. So not having gone, I'm relying on people like you for the info and the inside and the skinny. And um, I just I really appreciate it. It's awesome. And uh, lastly, since you just admitted, confessed you had a stable of athletes, I'd like to uh, congratulate and thank you. Thank you for supporting Arn. You know, the Arnold and the strong man and and even the show. And uh, congratulate you on just you know being a fucking awesome coach and doing the right shit. It's good. It's good stuff. We we appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. I want to extend my appreciation to you and uh, Evil Genius as well. It's been a great platform for me to speak my mind, and I really truly appreciate being on every single show. It's always a blast. And I'd like to thank all my athletes as well, even if they didn't compete at the Arnold. Everyone I work with is great, very compliant. I know I'm a little crazy, but I just wanted to thank you guys for being great clients and making me a very happy coach. Thank you, Andrew. We'll, we'll talk to you again no. soon, man. Thank you, B. Keep in contact as always. Have a great day, man. There you go, folks. Three different points of view on the 2016 Arnold Classic. Uh, it sounds like everybody had a great time. Sounds like all in all, the show is headed in the proper direction. Um, you know, the Arnold Classic is, as my, as uh, many said, it's, uh, it, it's what you make of it. It really is what you make of it. Whatever you want to see, it's there. It's just your job of finding it, enjoying it, and finding a way to enjoy it. So, can't recommend enough that you go to the Arnold Classic at least once or twice. Get that under your belt. And uh, I'd like to thank the three guests that came on today and uh, talked about it. And I hope to see everyone uh, this time next month. Thank you for listening to Sports Performance Radio. Thank you.